Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, June 17th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer for SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film writer Y. Chan Bui. Hey, everyone. All right, HG. So you're going to join us real quick in the beginning, and then Chris and I are going to round out the rest of this episode. But I wanted to have you on because you've actually had the chance to see Black Widow. You are part of the early buzz, and you actually wrote an article rounding up all of the uh, early reactions to this film. So um, before you get into everybody else's reaction, what did you think about this new movie from Marvel Studios? It was a serviceable Marvel movie uh, with some really great bruising action scenes and uh, a great ensemble cast, but most, mostly uh, Florence Pugh being the standout character as Yelena um, and performance in the movie. But um, it was all right. <laughs> my my first reaction as after I watched it uh, was this should have been a Disney Plus show because it has kind of all the makings of it of of built of kind of built, building out the world that Natasha Romanoff came from and the family from which she came from that kind of weird twisted family and I felt like it it was trying so hard to be the born identity and end up being born legacy in a way that shares a lot more similarities to plot-wise as well. There's a whole plot that uh, is very similar to the Chem storyline in, in um, uh, Born Legacy. But yeah, it's um, it's just a. It feels like a movie that came too little, too late because it you know takes place during the events or after the events of Captain America: Civil War and before Avengers: Infinity War, and it feels like the you know, we know where Black Widow he- goes and what happens to her. That just kind of feels like, what what is the point of all of this? Um, that's what so. I was going to ask you is like the, you know, as you mentioned, the she dies in Avengers Endgame. Everybody should know that at this point. So I don't feel bad about spoiling that for anybody. But um, so, yeah, I was going to, that was my question. Like, do you think this this movie justified itself uh, knowing that that was the case? Did, did this film um, fill in, her, you know, parts of her backstory or like color in, you know, elements of that character that you think uh, enhance the character and make you think about her differently? Or did it just sort of feel like an afterthought? 
I mean, it did, and that was the intention of the the movie, but that's kind of why I felt like it would have been better as a Disney Plus series because that's the the purpose, I guess, in a sense, of the Disney Plus series to build in to fill in those gaps, to build mm-hmm. those bridges. And I feel like Scarlett Johansson's uh, Natasha, we know her so well, we've, we've spent so many years with her, that she, uh, it feels like we already know who she is and who she's become, that uh, she kind of takes the backseat in a lot of this movie. Um, and yeah, it's a big shame because the first half of the movie is really promising, uh, but the second half just kind of falls apart, the third act in particular. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, before we get into what everybody else thought about this, let me just ask you, like broadly speaking, what do you think about the the Marvel of it all um, in terms of the mythology and you know linking to other movies and all of that kind of stuff? Like, uh, was that was there anything interesting in there, or is the extent of it this movie takes place after Captain America: Civil War and before Avengers: uh, uh, Infinity War? There was some of it, although I will say it was refreshingly in its own corner of the world. So that it has going for it. It just feels like its own, like Black Widow's own little mini adventure off the side. But um, so there's some of the Marvel stuff, some connection to it, but um, it doesn't take prevalence over the character work, Mm -hmm. which was good. Um, The, I forgot what I was going to say, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, one more question, real quick. Uh, you mentioned Florence Pugh being, you know, potentially an MVP here. Um, is that uh, are are you um, encouraged by that? Like the the idea. I think a lot of us assumed uh, in the lead up to this movie that she would be, you know, the the new person who's been like handed the baton and she's going to become the new Black Widow and all that. And I don't want you to answer that question, but just um, if Florence Pugh shows up more in the MCU, which I think she's going to, I think she's in the, the Hawkeye show. If I, if I read a report correctly uh, recently, um, is that a good thing in your mind? Oh yeah. She's great. I mean, more Florence for anything. She's uh, absolutely just such a blast to watch in this movie. She provides the funny moments, she provides the emotional moments. And, um, just like every, every time you have seen her in a film and loved her, she's doing that, um, just as as much and she's just as lovable uh and just just so watchable too so yeah florence is great um more florence i say (laughs) okay all right so then what did everybody else think are you on an island um you know apparently i am here okay (laughs) it's me and i think one other person because everyone else is is pretty gushing in their praise of black widow some are calling it the best one of the best marvel standalone films uh some are just Praising it as a you know a fine time at the movies and and achieving those born and bond level ambitions that it sets out to do, which I don't agree with. But there are moments of the movie that I think almost like grasp at that, like are able to achieve that. But I don't think the whole movie does. But anyways, everyone else is really warm to the movie, um, especially even even people from IndieWire who are uh, notoriously tough on on Marvel. They the um the react the writer from IndieWire who reacted to the film was uh, was very warm to it. So <laughs> everyone generally agreed. Uh, great Marvel movie, great action, great like bruising, hard hitting action in particular. And Florence Pugh, uh, David Harbour in particular were the standout scene scene stealers of the movie. Wow, I'm I'm surprised about that. Uh, and now I'm very curious to see sort of where I fall in this spectrum. So um, the movie comes out soon and everybody will have a, a chance to, to see it and weigh in. Um, 
was going to ask you one more thing, Aishi. Oh, uh, the director, uh, Kate Shortland. This is her first um, Marvel property. What did you think about her? Did she leave an impact uh, on you or did this sort of feel like another one of those, oh yeah, this kind of could have been directed by anybody kind of vibe movies? Actually, I will say she did have, she did leave an impact. She left her mark on this movie more so than a few others. I feel like she in particular had a very uh, steady hand over both the character and action scenes, which I felt like has been a problem with bringing on sort of filmmakers from the indie scene into Mm -hmm. Marvel movies where there's a clear distinction between the action beats and the character beats. But here it felt very um, unified. And and so I I think that she was great at that. I I actually, the action scenes, even though I praise them in particular, I do think that they blend very well with the rest of the movie. And she does achieve that sort of griminess that she's going for. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for your uh, your dispatch, HD. I appreciate it. Um, where can people find more of your stuff online if they want to check you out? You can find me writing every day at slashfilm.com and I'm on Twitter at htranbui as well as Instagram on the same handle. Excellent. Thanks. All right. And now we're bringing on slash film writer Chris Evangelista. Chris, how's it going? Oh, you know. <laughs> I do. I do indeed. All right. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, Pixar. Pixar has a new movie coming out called Luca, and there's been a little bit of controversy, I guess, around the idea that this movie has been sent directly to Disney+. Plus. But it appears that Pixar may be done with that strategy. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, you know, there, No one's on official record here, but the rumblings are that the folks at Pixar are not happy that Disney... Uh, is dropping Luca onto Disney Plus, and not only are they dropping it onto there, they're not even doing the the premiere access thing they did with Cruella and a bunch of other stuff. Like it's just going to be on there, and it's almost like, what gives Disney? Why do you hate Pixar so much? But according to a new report, the plan as of now is to return to theaters next year with the film Turning Red, and then also. The, uh, the Buzz Lightyear movie that will feature Chris Evans that comes out after that. So what is Turning Red for people who might not be familiar with that project? Boy, oh boy, this is a fun one because I didn't know what the hell this was about until <laughs> I wrote this story. And uh, <laughs> here's the synopsis. I will read it. I will read it. <clears throat> Uh, Turning Red follows Miley, a confident, dorky, 13-year-old torn between staying her mother's dutiful daughter and the chaos of adolescence. And as if changes to her interests, relationships, and body weren't enough, whenever she gets too excited, she poofs into a giant red panda. So that that ending there is what throws you for a loop. It's like, oh, this is about, you know. A normal teen. Oh, she also turns into a red panda when she's excited. Okay. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, if it sounds like if there's a Pixar movie to throw on to straight on to Disney plus, it might be that one instead, but uh, I guess the, t- the timing doesn't really work very well there. Um, wh- what do you think about this, Chris, in general, like the idea of, uh, of Luca going straight to Disney plus, I think soul was the other one very recently that went straight to Disney plus without uh, an extra um, fee attached. Do you, think that it, it devalues those movies in the eyes of the general public? Or do you think people are just like happy to get that extra value from their you know monthly um, uh, payment to subscribe to Disney Plus? Yeah, I, I honestly don't think the general movie going public looks at this as like, ah, this is a lesser film. Like people just want to watch stuff. They People want content. They're starved for it. And I, I you know, I know... Uh, 
film people, people who, you know, are obsessed with movies and might be like, ah, this should be getting a theatrical release. And I know the people who made the movie would rather it be, you know, a theatrical movie, but I honestly don't think the general public really cares about that. They, they're just going to be happy to watch it. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to see Luca yet, Chris? No, I tried to watch it and the Disney screener platform is a pain in the ass for me. So I'm just going to yeah. wait until Friday and watch it when it, when it's live on there. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what you think about it. Cause I know HT was like a very big fan of it and I was sort of uh, a little bit less so than she was, but I'm sure we'll end up talking about it in, in the coming days on a, a water cooler one of these days. Um, all right. Our next news story involves John Wick 4. We've talked a little bit about the, the casting for this film uh, in the past, and there is a new name added to the cast. And that name is Hiroyuki Sanada, which is a name that people might not know off the top of their head, but he is like one of those classic that guy actors i think for western audiences um he most recently i mean he's already been in two movies this year he played scorpion in uh mortal Kombat that that came out earlier and then um he was in Zack snyder's army of the dead you may remember him as dogen on lost he was uh one of the shogun world hosts from westworld he was in the last samurai and speed racer and the wolverine i mean he's he's been in a ton of stuff um and yeah he is now the uh the next person to join the, the cast of john wick four um, he actually previously starred in a movie with keanu reeves uh, called 47 ronin which was like a notorious disaster that almost nobody saw but um you know if if you happen to be one of those people who saw that movie then uh, maybe you're psyched about this reunion here um yeah again uh, you know as is the case with almost every one of these John Wick 4 uh, casting announcements. We have no details about, uh, you know, what kind of uh, characters these people are going to be playing. I don't know if he's going to be a friend or foe to uh, Keanu Reeves' returning John Wick hero, um, but we do know that he's going to be playing a character named Watanabe. So there's that. Uh, and, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I like him. Uh, he was actually in Avengers Endgame briefly. I think he got his ass kicked by Jeremy Renner at one point, maybe murdered in the streets by Man, Jeremy how, Renner. How embarrassing. I know work is work, but it, like, imagine being this guy and he's he's cool as hell and really... Yeah. You got to get killed by Jeremy Renner. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, what a bummer. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Donnie Yen is going to be in this movie. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is going to be in this. Um, Ian McShane, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, a bunch of people. I'm really hoping, Chris, fingers crossed, that Jason Manzukas' uh, TikTok man returns. Since he, he was, better. Oh, my God. What <laughs> was, a way, I, there's there was such a like waste a, of that. Yeah. yeah, there was such a big, uh, big hubbub, you know, in the lead up to John Wick Chapter Three of like he got his own character poster, and everybody's like, "Who the hell is the TikTok man?" That's such yeah. a cool name. But I think he was in the movie for like you know two minutes, and we barely got any insight into that character at all. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll learn a little bit more there. But let's move on to something potentially more interesting here, which is uh, the return of a, a horror franchise. Um, Chris, tell me about the new VHS movie that's in the works. It's called VHS 94 and it's headed to Shudder at some point this year. And Shudder is, of course, the horror centric streaming service owned by AMC. And VHS, for those who don't know, is a it's a found footage anthology series. Um, there have been I think this is the, let me see what this is. This is the fourth one. So there have been three before this. And uh, they're all about, you know, short little horror movies that are supposedly on VHS tapes, although they don't really look like they're on VHS tapes. And uh, yeah, this is this is the latest one. And this one is going to change things up a little bit, because while the other films, uh, as is usually customary for uh, anthology films, the, you know, they're all standalone stories. 
all the stories in this one are actually going to be telling one main narrative. So it's like, huh. it's, it's one story broken up into a bunch of little stories. So that's an interesting little twist on the formula. Yeah. What do you think about that? Cause that's, that's, that goes so far against what these VHS films have done previously. Right. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm curious about that. I I've been, I've been sort of hit or miss with the, the VHS uh, films, as is the case with really all horror anthologies. There's like some segments I like and some I don't like at all, but I'm definitely curious to check this out just because, you know, I'm a, I like a good horror anthology. Okay. So speaking of, uh, well, maybe not horror, but um, I guess a weirdness, <laughs> that's a terrible segue and I'm not going to cut it out. I'm just going to stick with it. Chris. Uh, tell me about this new uh, UFO related docuseries that is on the way. Uh, yes. So JJ Abrams and Showtime are teaming up for a docuseries called UFO. And it's a four part series. Let me make sure that's right. It might be three parts. I don't have this open. It is four parts. It is a four part series, uh, that will explore UFO sightings. And of course, UFO sightings aren't new. They've been with us for decades, but it seems like in the last few years, uh, talk about UFO sightings has, increased tenfold. It's mostly because in 2017, uh, the New York Times ran a story about uh, how the Pentagon had been uh, secretly tracking UFOs for years and that, you know, that made a lot of hubbub. And so this is going to sort of capitalize on that. Although again, it was, you know, 2017, so it wasn't that recently, but it's going to capitalize on how just, you know, UFO sightings have increased lately and talk about them has increased lately. Yeah, I think there was a lot of the, the sense that I got when that story came out was that the country was very distracted by what was going on with the previous presidential administration. And there was like a new scandal every day. And yes. like, I, I saw a lot of um, articles around that time being like, hello, is anybody noticing this? They're talking about UFOs in like a, an official government capacity here. And like everybody, it, it seemed like everybody was too busy and, and had too much other you know, insane stuff yes, to worry about. We were about all terrified time. about other things. We didn't need to worry about <laughs> UFOs. We were worried we were all going to die horribly. So did you dive into those stories when they were happening in, in 2017, 18, you know, since then? You know, I actually distinctly remember when that report broke because it broke while I was on vacation. So I was down the shore and I was like, I'm not going to fucking read this. And I never <laughs> got around to reading it. So uh, yeah, I'm aware of it, but I just, I never really got around to uh, digging into the story. Yeah, I didn't either. And so I kind of feel like this is a good time for this to happen. It's like, you know, th this big, uh, I guess, newsworthy event happened. And like a lot of people were, you know, not paying attention to it in the moment. So this this uh, docuseries seems to be filling a gap or at least providing, in my mind, this uh, this public service of like, all right, I, I didn't read this. I proved too lazy to, to engage with it in a serious way. Maybe uh, this show can sort of fill in the gaps for me here. Um, what is your stance on UFOs, Chris? Do you have uh, any thoughts on this or, or what do you think about like UFO related um, media? Right. So, uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for, you know, documentaries about this stuff. You know, I, I don't, uh, any, anytime there's a new one, I, I will watch it because I, you know, I, I, I'm interested in the unexplained and the inexplicable. Uh, that said, I believe in UFOs in the sense that I believe there are unidentified flying objects that people will spot. But 
I think those objects are either things that are misidentified, like, you know, it's, it's like a flock of birds or it's the planet Venus and people don't actually know what they're looking at. Or it's like experimental craft, because I, I firmly believe like our governments and other governments uh, absolutely 100 percent have, you know, secret things they keep from us, secret uh, weapons and, and planes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So anytime someone spots something, I'm I'm pretty sure it's that I do not believe it's, you know, aliens from space flying around and beaming people up in Montana and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I, I believe there's a chance that alien life exists somewhere out there in the galaxy, but I really doubt they're they're coming to our planet and mutilating cattle and stuff like that. I, I do not believe in that. I think I'm right there with you. I think I think I believe that. I, I'm like, maybe they were here at one point, um, but I, I don't think that they're like regularly visiting i don't know i guess i haven't really looked into it too much but that's sort of sort of my gut reaction is like eh, i i can i can buy some of this but maybe not the full <laughs> the full thing i can take a bite but maybe I, maybe i won't eat this entire sandwich but <laughs> yes um so what do you think about uh about uh, a bad robot like jj abrams company i mean he's obviously been a guy who has uh <laughs> who has told stories regarding you know uh centered on space travel and and aliens and like uh super eight movies which is sort of a, like a sci-fi alien concept do you feel like he is uh the, the person who might like blow the lid off this and in sort of like a, a more newsworthy capacity here no uh, <laughs> look i like jj abrams um i doubt he's gonna have like much hands-on stuff yeah. with this he's probably just like producing it but I, I like J.J. Abrams despite um, The Rise of Skywalker, which is just an awful, awful mm. movie. I, I wasn't even thinking about that in terms of, I was honestly thinking about the Star Trek movies because I blocked Rise of Skywalker out yes. of my mind. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think J.J. Abrams is a, is a talented guy uh, when he's not making Star Wars movies, uh, or at least the third entry in a Star Wars movie. So, uh, <laughs> all in all, I'm, I'm excited to check this out. Um, all right. Last question, Chris, do you think that any actual news will come from this? I feel like there are so many, um, alien shows and UFO shows and they sort of like, you know, just, uh, prove to be static or noise or just like stuff to fill the time for people that, you know, they watch it after work or whatever. And, um, I I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen or heard of any real, uh, news being broken by any program like that do you think this one has the potential i guess with the uh, this sort of relatively recent government revelation uh in its back pocket do you think this has the potential to sort of like reshape the uh, the national conversation about ufos you know i don't think it's gonna have like shocking news but uh i definitely feel like depending on how many people watch it it could enlighten a lot of people like me i don't know all, all the details and so i'm i'm that's kind of the reason i'm looking forward to this because i'm interested in seeing a uh i guess scientific approach like i i don't think this is going to be like you know ancient aliens mm-hmm. where it's like absolute bullshit and they're like <laughs> ah the aliens built the pyramids you know I'm, i don't think it's going to be dumb shit like that like i think it's going to be more reputable at least i hope it is because that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for something that presents this in a serious way. And is it like, ah, the lost city of Atlantis is full of aliens under, (laughs) under the ocean. Like, you know, don't give me that. Yeah, I agree. I want something that I, 
that I feel good about watching afterwards right. where I, I, maybe I learned a little bit, some a little bit of something, or at least it sort of like contextualizes some stuff for me in, in an interesting way. So, uh, yeah, that is called UFO. It is coming to showtime. I guess that's a sort of a bummer. Um, maybe it'll be, uh, you know, maybe it'll find another home elsewhere, like a second life elsewhere. Cause I'm probably not going to subscribe to showtime just for this show. Sorry, JJ Abrams. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, all right. So I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of slash film daily. You can find more about all these stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com, of course, and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That really does help us out a ton. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back tomorrow. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.